You are listening to ACPN. Welcome to Rewind Cinema, the podcast where two friends pick some old movies and rewatch them so we can give you our uneducated opinions about them. Nice try. (laughs) Such a loser. (laughs) And see if they still hold up. My name is Gabe Whitehurst, and my co-host today is Matt Morris, but... Just Matt. Just Matt. Just oh, sorry. Should we start? Just, over? just Matt. No last name. I anymore. gave the people your last name. Yeah. But he's decided to stop going as Matt. He just told me that now he wants to be called Kevin Spacey. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't call me that. No. Oh yeah, that's not that's not the best uh, choice. I think um, I think we should just get it out of the way. What you what? know? What I'm talking about. I think we should just get it out of the way now. Get it out of our systems. All right, you want me to go first? Yeah, you go first. Matt, I have a question. <laughs> What's in the box? What's in the box? No! Oh, God, oh, no! God. Oh, no! 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 Uh, What's in the f- box? <laughs> I like how he like he looks at the ground like yeah. ten times and he, looks back up, points the gun in the exact same way. He keeps trying to. <laughs> <laughs> And he puts his head down. It should have been his character from Snatch in that situation. <laughs> now that would have been funny. Yeah, I wonder what he would have done. He'd have been like he probably would have like massacred the guy. If it oh was yeah, that, if it he'd have beat him. him to a pulp. Yeah, he would have just gone crazy. Yeah, man, what a great scene! What a great scene! And now we're talking, of course, about Toy Story. Oh <laughs> uh, wait, sorry. <laughs> I was going to ask you, um, which of the seven deadly sins have you most recently committed? <laughs> um. Probably sloth. Uh, yeah. I because I, I stayed home this morning, as uh, you know. Yeah, that's fair. I slept in a little bit, and yeah. I was very tired and uh, tired of people um, <laughs> asking me, you know, how my wife is and uh, how I am. How and, is your wife? <laughs> she's great. She's how are good. you? I'm okay. Okay. <laughs> so I just needed to take an emotional break, and it was nice. No, oh, okay. Is that sloth? Is it really a sin if it feels good? <laughs> here's a question if it's wrong why does it feel so right <laughs> uh yeah if you couldn't tell uh what uh, what, what movie we're talking about uh today? today today we're talking about david fincher's i'm gonna say masterpiece mm. it's not his one masterpiece i yeah. feel like he, he's amazing it's so like three i love this movie though we're, today we're discussing seven you know different you know better i didn't say i was different or better i'm not yeah, I sympathize. I, I sympathize completely. Apathy is a solution. I mean, it's it's easier to lose yourself in drugs than it is to cope with life. Yeah. It's easier to steal what you want than it is to, to earn it. Yeah. It's easier to beat a child than it is to raise it. Hell, love costs. It takes effort and work. We are talking about people who are mentally ill. We are talking about people fucking crazies no no yes. we're not no no Today. We're, we're, we're talking about everyday life here we, you, you 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 can't Today. afford to be this naive fuck off see you you should listen to yourself yeah you say that the problem with people is that they don't care so i don't care about people it makes no sense you know why you you care you, you want to know damn right and you're gonna make a difference. Whatever, the point is, is that I don't think you're quitting because you believe these things you say. I don't. I think you wanna believe them because you're quitting. You want me to agree with you and you want me to say, yeah, 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 you're right, it's all fucked up, it's a fucking mess, we should all go live in a fucking log cabin. But I won't. I won't say that. I don't agree with you. I do not. I can't. Um, it's actually pronounced Sezen. Yeah, it is pronounced Sezen <laughs> if you if you read it. 
It's just missing the bottom part of the Z, though. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm. Uh, I was looking it up on Netflix because it is streaming on Netflix. Oh, so okay. If you nice. want to watch, if you want to watch Seven, you should. Don't spell it with the Seven though, because Netflix doesn't realize that it's a Seven. Yeah. So oh. they spell it like you're actually supposed v? to spell it with a V. Oh. So it took me a little bit extra time to find it. Like when you click on it, it it's it says Seven. Just when you look for it, because Netflix, uh, as it is normally wrong. Uh, gave this movie a seventy percent match for things that I would like, so I'm assuming it would never show <laughs> mm. like on my timeline. Yeah, uh, but Netflix, you're wrong. Netflix is wrong a lot of the time. Because um, I enjoyed it, but I'm glad they. Are we glad they moved away from the thumbs up, thumbs down rating system or not? I don't really know how that works. It still exists. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah, know that. yeah. You still, you still thumbs up, thumbs down it, and I guess depending it, on how you rate oh. stuff, it gives you a likeliness rating. Right. Uh, which I'm surprised because all because Sophie never used the account I set up for her. She just uses my name, and she watches a ton of true crime shows, which I don't really watch. Right. So everything that gets recommended to me is like women being murdered <laughs> in horrible ways. Every CSI. Yeah. Ever made. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, women get murdered in seven, and uh, it's definitely they they're do. the most gruesome murders you can imagine. <laughs> that's, very, that's very true. This is a this is one of the most gruesome movies. It really is. I uh, I hadn't watched there. the whole thing, uh, like back to back in my entire life. Like I never sat oh, down and watched seven completely. Like I've really? seen scenes, and I've seen. I th- I would say I've probably seen the entire movie, yeah. but just not in one long continuation. And you yeah. really don't realize how dark and depraved it really is yeah you sit down and watch the whole thing it's pretty amazing it, it's uh it's just brutal every murder in this movie is is just so evil yeah and fascinating yeah and you can't take your eyes away from it Oof. even though it's horrifying when when's the first time you saw seven or you saw the first piece of it mm, i was probably in high school yeah 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 that was about the time I was able to make my own decisions and stuff I wanted to watch. So Yeah. This I, is another movie, as with my history, where I watched it in my brother's bedroom mm, on his TV. Yeah. Because he had a copy and I loved movies. Mm-hmm. But I was probably in seventh grade or eighth <laughs> grade and shouldn't have been watching it. It's a sign. And I was fascinated and I was horrified. Yeah. And yeah. that's how you became a serial killer today. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I've um really grown into the finer parts of murdering people. <laughs> do you think you'd be like a Kevin Spacey serial killer, or do you think you'd be more like, um, mm. like a Dahmer? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know enough about Dahmer. Uh, okay. Did he eat people? Oh yeah, he did. Oh yeah, that's not Bundy. No, Bundy didn't eat people. Bundy just strangled, stabbed. He and just he really brutally murdered a lot of women. He really brutally murdered a lot of women in some horrible yeah. ways, but he didn't eat people. I yeah. don't think he did. Dahmer was. He did a lot of things to dead bodies, and he would. He did a lot yeah. of horrible things. Yeah, there's a new movie coming out about Ted Bundy. Yeah, Zach Efron, Zac Efron in it. Yeah. You watched the trailer? No, not yet. The tone of the trailer is a little shocking, <laughs> oh. just because it makes it seem like Ted Bundy's like really cool. But if you think about well, history and how he was perceived, yeah, yeah. But also at the same time, it's kind of like, eh, make mm. him a little more creepy. Like they just make him a total badass in the trailer. So yeah, well, yeah. I wonder because uh, I, I feel like the movie is told from the point of view of his girlfriend right who who didn't know this was going on or his his Mm. wife it's it's about the woman who was with him i don't know if it was his i think it might have been just like his partner like Mm. but she had a kid i don't know if it's told from her point of view i don't think you can really tell that from the trailer yeah um but it definitely could be we'll Mm. see we'll see yeah well if you come to my house i I have just rows of journals in no (laughs) discernible order and no pattern just my thoughts hmm. all up on this bookshelves about what i don't know what you're going for right now that's in the movie in uh kevin spacey's apartment. oh 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 gotcha okay didn't yeah the he dots. says if we yeah. had you know 50 men on round the clock shifts it would take us yeah. days to get through this yeah and, yeah you yeah. read that really weird excerpt from it and yeah. you also have shadow boxes filled with mementos from your previous crimes so. <laughs> teeth yeah various teeth <laughs> all right well let's get into it because i have a lot of notes all right I'm it's, ready. A, it's a pretty dense movie so this was directed by David Fincher, who is known for movies like Zodiac, mm. Alien 3, mm-hmm. and also Social Network. So yes, and, Zodiac and, and Social many Network. Many others so, as well. Oh, yeah, a lot of stuff, <laughs> but I'm not going to sit here and list them all. Okay. But um, just you listed like Aliens 3, which he <laughs> that also. Was his, that was like his first big one, you know? Yeah, but he, hates, on the map. he hates that movie. He, he was partially involved in that movie. Yeah. Um, well, he got fired a bunch. Yeah. So. Sorry, David. 
I'm sorry that I mentioned Zodiac and Social Network, yeah, two of your on. best films. Fight Club, you know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Whatever. I mean, I love Fight Club too, but. Yeah. Uh, it was written by Andrew Kevin Walker, who wrote a lot of uh, episodes for Tales from the Crypt and Ooh. also wrote uh, Sleepy Hollow. The Johnny Depp one? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Cool. He's also in the movie, so Ooh. that's pretty cool. Actors include Brad Pitt, Morgan Freeman, Gwyneth Paltrow, Arlie Ermey. I don't think that's how you say his last name. Ermey. Sure. Not sure. Um, and uh, Kevin Spacey. Oh, yeah. Arlie Ermey, the, the Jack Wagon guy. Yeah. He the, just recently died. Yeah, he did. Last the, year. Rip. I say Jack Wagon, but he's most notably known for what? Full Metal Jacket, that scene? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Uh, budget was $33 million, and it made... Three hundred and twenty-seven point three million dollars worldwide. Wow! Isn't that shocking? I didn't know that. This doesn't seem like it'd be the kind of movie that would make that much money. No, I had no idea it was that popular. But I guess you got Brad Pitt, you got sure. Morgan Freeman, directed yeah. by David Fincher, and we're all freaks, and we all yes. love really dark, wicked things. So this yes. is probably when that started to really come to the collective consciousness. Yeah, it was like interest in serial killers and <laughs> horrible, horrible things. Yes, and it's changed us for the better. It has. Um, the tagline is long is the way and hard that oh. out of hell leads up to the light. I'll say. Yeah. <laughs> that's how I live my life. Yeah. It's written above my bed, actually. That, that's Milton, as he says in the movie. Milton. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the funnest fact, I thought, uh, was Denzel Washington turned down the part that went to Brad Pitt, telling Entertainment oh. Weekly that the film was, quote, too dark and evil. Washington later regretted his decision upon seeing a screening. Wow. Yeah, that would have changed the the dynamic. I think I think we got the I think we got the better I think we got the better version here. I think Brad Pitt yeah. is probably able to play some nuances better than Denzel. Yeah, I mean, and Denzel was not he's older than Brad Pitt. I feel. Yeah, and at the in '95 he at least looked older, so yeah. it plays well that Pitt was younger and like. I mean, Brad Pitt looks like 28 in this movie. Yeah, he he's, he's he can't be that old, but yeah, I think Brad Pitt's mid 40s. No, no, no. I mean, he oh. can't. He can't be that old now. But yes, yeah. and back then, yeah, I think I agree. He was probably twenty-eight or something. Cool. Yeah. Well, let's jump into it. So the first scene opens with Detective Somerset, who is played by Morgan Freeman, surveying a crime scene. Um, Detective Mills, who is played by Brad Pitt, comes up, meets up with him, and basically tells him that he was purposefully reassigned to his squad. Um, to his, they work in like um, homicide, so they're. Detectives of, of the homicide, homicide detectives. <laughs> yeah. detectives okay, of homicide. <laughs> detectives of the homicide. Yes, they are. Um, so he was reassigned because I, I believe what they're getting at is that he worked in a small town and he was kind of bored, so he just wanted to be in a city working on higher profile crimes. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, I think you're. I don't know really. They, he has experience, and uh, Freeman realizes that he kind of purposefully requested to be here, and I guess yeah. that's never really dive, delved into. We just yeah. know he needs more action, I guess. I'm not sure why he does it. And Freeman's surprised, you know, why would you want to come to this hellhole? He's very disillusioned with the city. Yeah. He wants out. He wants to be done. Yeah. And he doesn't understand why Brad Pitt would request to be there. Yeah. I think they dive into it a little bit later in the movie, but I think it's just, it's him, a combination of him being bored and also him thinking he can do the most good in mm. the city as opposed to the small town. Yeah. Good point. So um, that's the, the beginning of the uh, end of the first scene. So the next scene, they actually, I'm going to be saying this a lot. They survey another crime scene. <laughs> yeah. Um, Seven times, in fact. Yeah, a lot. And in uh, this one, it, this is where you just start to get introduced to disgusting, the disgusting nature of this movie. But yeah. um, an overweight man was bound with barbed wire on his, uh, his hands and his feet and um, basically forced to eat. Um, or they think maybe he drowned or died of natural causes until they see the barbed wire. Yeah. Uh, but we don't really know exactly what he died of at this point until they take them, uh, take him to the coroner, who oh. then tells him that oh, yeah. uh, who someone made him eat until his stomach basically ruptured yeah. and he died from bleeding out. Yeah. Um, and then also a gun was to the back of his head, so he was being forced to do this. Yes, and the word gluttony was written. Mm-hmm somewhere yeah so behind um, the refrigerator that I guess. comes after yeah that comes later so they're not really sure that these crimes are related at this point um they go to the police chief and they say like or uh, morgan freeman says uh i think that these are related but the police chief says no there's not enough to go on and then morgan freeman goes back to the scene of the crime because 
the police chief puts this vial on his desk and is like, this was in his system. He was forced to eat these two. And it was yeah. like metal shavings or yeah, like plastic. Plastic and something. He was fed them. Yeah. yeah. And so he goes back to the crime scene, looks around a little bit more, pulls the fridge aside and sees gluttony written there. And that's after another crime scene right. where a defense attorney was killed and uh, greed was written in his blood on the floor. Yes. So, you know, we start to learn there's a, there's a motif here. Something's going on. Um, one important thing that also happened that time is that uh, Mills was also in the room with Somerset when he's talking to the police chief. Um, he's, Somerset is going to retire. That's kind of a consistent uh, theme throughout this movie is that mm-hmm. he's done, like you said, his dissolution with the city. He wants to get out. And so he says, I'm quitting. You can give it to somebody else. And Mills is like, I'll take it. Like, screw yeah. this guy. Yeah. And uh, Forget it, you. Give it to me. Yeah. Because they've already kind of rubbed each other the wrong way because uh, Brad Pitt showed up to this crime scene with the, the fat man and mm-hmm. um, was talking a lot. And, you know, he's kind really of, annoying. Yeah, he well, it's just it's great. He's excited, yeah. and Morgan Freeman's like, "Can you be quiet, please?" And he <laughs> he doesn't really like him very much. And so, anyway, continuing, uh, Morgan Freeman wants out, but he says to the chief that Brad Pitt's not ready. He's like, yeah. "You can't give it to him. He's too young. He's not ready." Yeah, and which is nice because he's. I read that as he's protecting Brad Pitt. Yeah, he's being kind and and trying to save him from experiencing the horrors that he's experienced. Yeah, but he also says. Um, this is too long to be my last job. Yeah. These are connected. So it's going to be a long time and I don't want this to be my last one. And I don't want it to be his first one because it's going to drag on forever and yeah. he's going to be tailing this guy for years yeah, or whatever. Just the beginning, he says. Yeah. Yeah. So their dynamic is established pretty early on. Uh, Brad Pitt's the young gun. Morgan Freeman is the old wise one. And, you know, they're going to clash a little bit, but they make a, they make a good team. Yeah, as they we do. See. They do. Uh, so I, I briefly mentioned it, but in the next scene, after they talk to the police chief, uh, Mills basically disobeys the police chief. The police chief tells him he's going to reassign him and to stay away from the cases, basically. And he ends up sneaking into a uh, the next scene, which we talked about, was a defense attorney who was brutally murdered. He was just like stabbed in the stomach and I don't know. No, no. Blood was everywhere. He was not stabbed in the stomach. He was forced to cut a pound of flesh oh, off of his right. body so he had to choose yeah there was a quote from the temp uh, i'm sorry the tempest uh <laughs> wow the merchant, <laughs> merchant of venice. venice yeah uh and and so he was bound again sort of kneeling over and given a knife and and they discover he was told to cut off a pound of flesh at, at his choosing so mm-hmm. he had this horrible suffering for however long it took him to remove that mm-hmm. and he bled out because of that yeah uh, the most important thing is that greed was written on the floor yes. with his blood. Yes. And a couple of other clues that we'll talk about later. Um, this is when Somerset returns to the scene of the glutton, sees gluttony written on the wall, starts putting pieces together. There's a link between the murders now. Uh, Somerset still doesn't work on the case, doesn't want to work on the case. He tells the police chief that, even though he goes back to him and says, there's a link between them. I'm done. Peace out. But then he goes to the library Mm-hmm. to do some reading about the seven deadly sins some a number of reading. books by chaucer and like uh dante's inferno oh yeah yeah, yeah. Can- it was a canterbury tales is one of them canterbury one tales chaucer. paradise lost yeah yeah uh and the which funny- is a which is a just since we're we're kind of going beat by beat here but mm-hmm. to talk about the movie i really love that scene yeah the the, the classical music in the background mm-hmm. and the dark library and the um the security guards playing poker and stuff and morgan freeman sort of just i don't know i just love that that whole scene this movie has such a beautiful noir feeling to me yeah it's very dark very saturated really saturated the colors are are very noirish and uh it's not black and white obviously but but i don't know just the rain and the darkness and the scene is dark and he's reading these looking at these terrible picture you know drawings of like just crazy stuff. So it's, I don't know. I just love that scene. It's great. Yeah. I think that this film is known for the way that it looks. They use like a, some sort of chemical on the film mm. that actually darkened and saturated the, the film itself. Awesome. So I didn't know that. Yeah. It makes it look, you know, it shows cause I, nothing really looks like this movie. I love the way it looks. No, no, yeah. it's great. And I think, I think this is kind of how a lot of Fincher movies look like, Oh Fight yeah. Club, Fight sure. Club looks this way too. Like yeah. He, pro- he probably dingy. does. Yeah. He probably does it digitally now. Yeah. But, <laughs> Back then, I'm sure it wasn't. Yeah. 
back then it was cool and analog. It was you know? real, you know. Uh, so he's reading through all these books, but then we also see that Mills is going to do his own research, but it's he just has <laughs> cliff notes of the yeah. books, so I thought, which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah, it's it funny. Good. He doesn't want to have to read these these books. Oh, no, I wouldn't either. It's a lot of reading. Yeah, he a cop knocks on his window, and he's like, good work, uh, officer, and yeah. he hands him a bag of cliff notes <laughs> for all these books, and the, he also gets really mad, and he's trying to read it, and he calls like Dante a faggot. Yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you catch that? Yeah, yeah he's, uh, he's a great character. Yeah. He's pretty deep. Yeah, I he like is. Him. Uh, so this is when we're introduced to Tracy, who is Gwyneth Paltrow, um, and is Mills' hey wife. Uh, he, uh, she invites Somerset over for dinner, in which they look at some of the clues. They dig a bit deeper into it. They think maybe the killer is using uh, the seven deadly sins as kind of a sermon, a public sermon, basically. Yeah, he's preaching to us. And uh, they put a few things together, and they end up going back to the defense attorney's murder scene um, and looking at this uh or they go, they go to his wife actually yeah yeah and they say hey is anything uh about these crime scene photos like is anything off and it's horrible they're like showing them yeah <laughs> showing her their, her mutilated husband yeah. just crying and screaming and saying i don't want to well do he's this. covered up with sticky notes but still yeah. it's his death yeah she's it's so raw i mean it happened like two days before or a yeah. day or whatever yeah but please, she, please leave me alone. She notices that a painting is upside down, which is that no one would know because it's this abstract piece of art, and she realizes it's upside down, and so they mm-hmm. go and check it out. And yeah, yeah, they cut it apart. They look behind it. Yep. And eventually, um, Somerset ends up dusting it, and they bring in the forensics team. He has fingerprints. They they use a black light, and it says "Help me." Yeah. And fingerprints. And so now they have a print. You think maybe they're going to find the guy based on the prints, but obviously he's too smart for that. Uh, so, uh, the prints lead to a guy that Somerset and Mills suspect isn't the right guy. So we're kind of on the same page with them at this point. Yeah. Like, there's no way the killer's going to be that dumb. Right. And this calculated yeah. to, to leave his fingerprints basically. And why right. would he be saying, help me? And it was the guy that the defense attorney was defending. Yeah. Who is this, this low level criminal who's always in trouble, always doing really dark, shady stuff, but mm. Not not intelligence, kind of like this dumb like guy, and he's been murdered again by Kevin mm-hmm. Spacey, and yeah, his fingerprints were used. Yeah. So SWAT ends up breaking into the suspect's house, and they find another um, what they think is a dead body. Yeah, and uh, they see sloth written above the bed, and this apartment is just disgusting. It's like there are um, air fresheners hanging from the ceiling. You're so you're dark. so confused at this point. There's yeah. little Christmas trees everywhere hanging from the ceiling. Yeah. Keep the smell out, there, I guess. There's, so yeah, people there, in the hallway there, can There's smell. a reason for that, yeah. There's yeah. a decomposing body in the bed. It's amazing. Yeah. And horrifying. Oh, the 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 makeup in this movie, especially in that scene, is just yeah. Oh, it's cuz you you have to see it. Like we we can only describe it yeah. so much, but there's open sores all over the body. Mm-hmm. The lips are all shriveled around the teeth. The face looks gaunt. It's oh yeah. Pale. Oh yeah. It looks Hair like a mummy. Out. Look, it looks like a petrified body. I mean, it basically is. It's super dehydrated. Mm-hmm. But there's also, I mean, there's IVs. There's those Christmas trees everywhere. There's a a stack of photos dating mm-hmm. back. So they they end up finding this body one year to the day since it was basically tied to a bed mm-hmm. like belted like a hospital like a psych ward bed with leather straps and the guy couldn't go anywhere and this is the scene that i vivid, most vividly remember watching as a kid because i had no idea what was going to happen and i was i was horrified i was so scared it's scary now it is scary now yeah. especially if you don't know yeah, I really want to watch this with someone who hasn't seen it because yeah. it made me jump and just poop my pants and all, <laughs> you know. But the guy is still alive, basically, yeah. and he's this shriveled mummy, and he goes, uh, uh, and he he like you know, and they all think he's dead, and they all lose their shit and they freak out. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So anyway, we come to find out this killer is so meticulous that he had the patience to do this for a whole year. Mm-hmm. He would come back to the scene, give the guy antibiotics, mm-hmm. so his bed sores would not. Uh, fester so so he wouldn't get infected so he wouldn't so he would live like yeah. he he kept the guy to the bare minimum of life as long as he could yeah he and, also put a tube in his yes. nether regions so that he could use the bathroom yep like he he did everything to sustain this guy without giving him with giving him, i guess as little food and water as possible and just making him suffer yeah for a year and so uh yeah yeah <laughs> 
It's as bad as it sounds. It's horrible. But you should see it. <laughs> you should see it so you can see the horror for yourself. Yeah. He also cuts off his hands. Like, uh, but, but you should see the makeup. Honestly, yeah. the makeup is absolutely incredible. It's awesome. And apparently it took like 12 hours a day or wow. something like that to do. So. Yeah, it's crazy, man. That's like torture in itself is oh. sitting in a chair for 12 yeah. hours and having to put all that makeup on. So yeah. hopefully that guy didn't have too many days of work. Yeah. So Tracy calls Somerset while Mills is in the shower and says she needs to talk to somebody. So this is a subplot that doesn't really do much other than flesh out Somerset a little bit. But she basically tells him, we moved here from a small city. I'm not happy. Also, I'm pregnant. And mm-hmm. I don't know if I want the baby. Yeah. I don't know if I want to bring him into this world. She's struggling. And Somerset says, you know, I felt the same way when I was in a marriage. Like, how could I bring a kid into this world as depraved and bad as it is. And this is 95. This isn't even 2019. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like, geez, how do we make it to now? I have no idea. I was like, man, I think this every night before I go to bed. Seriously. (laughs) But uh, yeah, it doesn't really go anywhere other than that. They just kind of give a little thematic push to Somerset. Certainly comes around at the end. I mean, it. it, Oh, yeah. Right. But um, yeah, it's a nice scene between them. He's very caring and and just tells her to do what she needs to do. But he says, if you do keep the kid, you spoil it every chance you get. And it makes her cry, and it's real sweet. Yeah, Gwyneth Paltrow, great actress. She's awesome. So um, we're getting near the end here. Things are going to speed up a little bit. Um, So let's get into it. Somerset pays a guy to look into the books of the library uh, that have been flagged by the FBI. So he tells Mills, uh, the FBI basically keeps track of every book that's checked out in the libraries, and they they flag certain books that may be... Uh, unsavory, yeah, Mein like, Kampf, yeah, or like, um, um, you know, uh, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know ba- or like books on nuclear weapons or yeah. books on how to make a bomb, yeah, basically. Yeah. So the FBI secretly, and you know, we, we don't know how he knows this, but he has a contact in the FBI. They keep mm-hmm. it. If, if you check out one of those books, it automatically goes to the FBI computer hard like hard drive mm-hmm. database, hard drive database, <laughs> and flags it, and so. He gives him some money, and the guy comes back with a list of people who have checked out all the books that Freeman has discovered, you know, Dante's Inferno, all this stuff. And so they just, they, they find, oh, they, they find, um, I guess, what is it? Um, um, I forgot which one it actually is. Yeah, but, I can't remember which um, one. Th- Thomas Aquinas, he talks about the seven deadly sins, and they go to this apartment. Yeah, they find John Doe is his name. John Doe, yeah. Uh, so they get a lead on John Doe. They go <laughs> John Doe get a lead on John Doe. Rudy they get a lead on John Doe, uh, and they go to his apartment. John Doe is out getting some groceries. Uh-oh. Oh, so he man. comes back, shoots at him. There's a giant chase scene. It's like ten minutes long. Uh, I love this scene though. Yeah, they they hit they hit the nail on the head. It's it's the guy yeah. when they show up to his apartment. And there's this awesome moment where this cloaked figure in a trench coat in this fifties like detective hat mm-hmm. comes up the stairs with groceries you can't see his face he's way down the hall yeah and morgan freeman's like mills and brad pitt looks up and the guy pulls a gun and shoots at him and so it's obviously the person they're looking for yeah and there's a great chase scene and there's this um and there's this gorgeous shot that i just love it's like half a second long remember that shot where brad pitt's chasing him and he looks and it cuts to this guy jumping over a ledge. It's very superhero. It's very like Watchmen. It looks like yeah. Rorschach. It, it, he, he's wearing this detective coat and he jumps over a ledge and just disappears. And it's very like that, again, noir, like Batman-esque. Mm. It's so beautiful. It's, it's a gorgeous scene. Yeah. And, Batman uh, Forever coming up in two weeks. <laughs> we do. Keep your ears out. <laughs> and uh, it's just great. It does take a long time, yeah. but um, they're obviously at the right place no and, and it's long but you don't even mind it because it's a good no. it's suspenseful this whole movie's pacing it's is perfect. shot so well yeah. unlike Waterworld, which we talked about <laughs> last week this is actually a good action right. scene the stakes are high you're with the characters there's an emotional attachment yeah. to these characters already so and you want them to succeed and even for 95 like the 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 moment where brad pitt basically brad pitt gets outside and is looking for this guy and he's on top of a, a truck and he hits him with a wrench mm-hmm. or something like a tire crowbar, iron crowbar yeah. And really messes his head up and his face, and he jumps down and puts a gun to his head, and it's this slow motion shot of the rain, mm-hmm. like drenching Brad Pitt's face, and it's it's super HD for ninety. Like the the cut that I we got to watch is beautiful, and yeah, it's just such a gorgeous shot. Yeah, so it's awesome. And then he leaves. Yeah, this is this is one of my favorite scenes in the movie because 
who we suspect is the guy doing these murders, has Mills down with a gun to his head, can burn after reading Brad Pitt and just blow his brains out. <laughs> yeah. uh, but he decides not to. Right. So we get... He leaves. We know that this, this killer is interested in more than just killing people. Right. There's like a motivation to what he's doing, and so it makes that person even more interesting. Um, so after they're done there, Brad Pitt is really messed up. His arms are like in a makeshift sling oh, yeah, in his jacket. He's real messed up. Uh, he's got blood coming out of his head. He goes back up to the apartment, and he's going to break open the door, and Somerset says, no, we need a warrant to get in there. We can't just do that because what are they going to think? Like we just showed up randomly at this guy's right. place. We'd have to tell them that we got the information from the FBI, which is illegal. Correct. You can't do that. Yeah. And so Brad Pitt being the impulsive guy that he is kicks the door in and says, yeah. Oh, we don't need a warrant anymore. And just kind of walks in. Yeah. Um, but then they end up paying a drug addict off to tell a story for them to make up. Yeah. To give them cause to, to go in. Yeah. Yeah. When this, they get into the, uh, once they get into the apartment, they see all the journals you referenced earlier. They see these shadow boxes with past crimes, evidence of the crimes. Yeah, and the dude's hand is in a jar. and Messed up place. Yeah. Messed and up And photos place. of Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman are in the bathtub. Yeah. And what we forgot to mention was that there's a photographer that showed up to the, uh, I guess it was the first crime scene. Or was no, it the, it was was the, it the it was dead? sloth. It was sloth. It was sloth. Yeah. So this guy shows up on the staircase. You don't see his face, and Brad Pitt's like, "Get out of here!" And the guy's like, "I got a right to be here." Ha ha! He's like a real fifties, like, "You don't tell me what to do, buddy." And he's like a member of the press, and we don't know who he is. It turns out it's the murderer. Yeah, it's Kevin Spacey the whole time, and and he's developing. You know, he took these photos, and yeah, yeah. They also give a little bit of important information that comes back at the end about how um, you can basically pay people in the precinct to give you yeah. information. To get to the to crime get to scenes. a crime scene first, it's very Jake Gyllenhaal and Nightcrawler. Yeah, yes, <laughs> great movie by the way. Terrifying. Saw that in that dank, disgusting we did. Boulevard movie theater. <laughs> Creepy movie. I kind of miss it. I miss it too. $5? I, wa I walk by it all the time. Yeah. City Cinema. Somebody should reopen it. We should. We should buy it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm in. It will, you know what? We'll go in direct competition with the brand new Regal that's <laughs> opening. Giant Regal that's like being three built. blocks down. <laughs> We'll survive. <laughs> I feel like the people in Sunnyside are the kind of people that would want to go to the small-time movie yeah, theater and help yeah. succeed. You know? If it was $5, yeah, they would, yeah. like it used to be. It's $5, dude. Yeah, yeah. Like, as you late... just had to sit in a bed bug seat and have yeah. a guy drink a whole <laughs> bottle copious of rum. amounts of alcohol behind you. Uh, it was $5 in 2017. I mean, it was like yeah. super cheap. And popcorn was cheap. And popcorn, it like, yeah. It was like two bucks. Yeah, it was great. Um, So they find the next... Seven Deadly Sins victims are not super important, but they find lust. Something really horrible happened to oh her God. that we, I, won't, I won't really go into detail That's here. That's like the one of the scariest mo scenes in the movies. It's horrifying because you don't see anything. You don't no. even see her body, really. You don't have to see anything. But they just they yeah. describe in a clever way what happened. You, yes. you just have to see it because it's really gross. And, and I, and, and, and I have always said this to my friends who like this movie, but kudos to the actor who is the guy who they interview who had to basically yeah. do this deed to this prostitute mm -hmm. that, that that dude's crazy yeah. he's so good yeah and so believable in this moment and yeah. i i don't know how he got his emotional intensity up to film this 30 second scene yeah he's amazing if you look in the trivia it actually talks about how he uh i think suffocated himself oh wow like a lot leading up to this so he could train himself to hyperventilate on oh, command. Oh man, dude. And then also he didn't sleep for like three or four days dude. before the movie so he just had that like gaunt Good for him because he yeah. looks horrible Yeah, and he is so good. Fantastic performance in a very small part of the yeah. movie. Yeah. In the next scene they find Pride um, which was uh, I guess a model, an influencer yeah. of some also kind. Also horrible. Uh, that was tied to a bed. Kevin Spacey cut off her nose and then said, you can either call for help and you'll be disfigured for the rest of your life or I'll give you a bottle of sleeping pills and you can kill yourself. Kill yourself yeah. So she killed herself. Yeah. Gosh. The, like Brutal. the guy who wrote this, man. Yeah. What is going through? He is a genius. Is he okay? <laughs> can we check on him? Because <laughs> yeah. I would never think of that. I mean, it's so, it's so well written. Yeah. And so evil and just, it, it, he is preaching to us. It makes the point so well. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, this beautiful woman chose death. Yeah. Over being disfigured. Yeah. And that's just deep. I mean, he did write for Tales from the Crypt, so... Yeah, that's... Yeah. Gives you an idea of what kind of guy he it's is. It's crazy, man. It's cr so crazy. 
So in a an extremely surprising turn of events, this never happens in these kinds of movies. Yeah. Kevin Spacey turns himself in to the police. Yes, he does. Detective! <laughs> and he's all bloody. You don't know where the blood is from yet. And he's got right. his fingertips are all bandaged. Yep. We come to find out that he cuts his fingertips off regularly, so you don't have his prints. That's why they couldn't find any prints in his apartment. None at all, even though he lived there and did right. tons of stuff. He shaves the skin off of his finger. He doesn't cut well, yeah, off his okay. fingertips. He doesn't like, cut him off. If you the, haven't seen this movie, yeah. <laughs> cut he, him off of the knuckles. He, he uses a razor blade, and, and every like day, basically, or week, he like shaves off the layer of skin. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to try that. You should. <laughs> <laughs> Just wear bandages for the rest of my life. Um. So there's a lot of um this is kind of a, a part of the movie that I actually don't like. Okay. And I think that the script kind of paints him into a corner and he has to do this because he does give himself up. But they're driving him to the scene of the final crime is what we think. Yeah. Um he says you have to take me here and that I'll show you where the other two bodies are. Yeah. Um but if you don't then you're never going to know where they are. You'll never find them. And so they agree to do it, and they're driving with him in the car, and it's like it's like a ten minute long. Scene. It's a long. It's longer than it needs to be, I think. It's just, but the thing is that I don't like about it is that they're just spewing thematic elements at you. Yeah, they're talking more about the fact that this is a sermon, the fact that Kevin Spacey led them to where they want to go. He's like, "Do you really think you would have got here if I didn't want you to get right, here? If I didn't want you to, yeah." And Brad Pitt's the only one that's really talking to him and says, "Like we would have found you eventually." And Kevin Spacey says, "So what? You were letting all these people die? Yeah, just biding your time." Um, but that's that's really the gist of that whole conversation, I would say. Yeah, it's just like a moment for them to talk to him one on one and sort of learn. And I, I I didn't love it either because it's a little on the nose. Like, yeah, they play up the the only the only thing I don't like is, I mean, I love Kevin Spacey. I think he's creepy as balls in this movie. Um, but there's like the scene where he it's the same scene you're talking about, but where Kevin Spacey's like, you know, I I didn't. I don't know if Morgan Freeman makes the implication or him, but that he he didn't choose to do this. He was chosen. Yeah. And then Morgan Freeman's like, so are you saying you're doing God's good work? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, oh, there's they're trying to add to the lore of like a deranged, crazy killer. And I just don't think they needed to make us be like, oh, yeah, he believes that, you know, he's this chosen being of light who is. Blah blah. I got whatever. I I didn't need all that. The I mean, script is is actively preaching at that point instead yeah. of passively preaching through the yeah. story, and but I think that's where it's it's weak. I did appreciate though they 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 tick him off. The one thing they do well, and and Brad Pitt doesn't his character Mills doesn't really check himself in the scene. He's sort of not being smart in the way he deals with them. But one thing he does that irritates Spacey is he's he says like. These were innocent people, and Spacey gets really mad and says, "Innocent? Yeah. How on earth could you say you're innocent with a straight? They're innocent with a straight face." And he explains to us, you know, which is he's deranged, yeah, right. But the fat guy was was a glutton, and so yeah. of course he was committing these sins, and and he was basically saying, "No one's going to listen unless you hit them over the head with this." That like the world is a horrible place, and we were so comfortable. With all, and he's, I mean, he's not wrong. Mm-hmm. These people don't deserve to die, but. Yeah. But he, he, yeah, it, it is overly preachy. I feel bad for Sloth, though, because he kind of turned him into a Sloth involuntarily. Yeah, I don't really know. <laughs> they, that's one thing they don't explain is why he, I, why he killed that guy. I think, yeah, yeah I don't, I don't really know. Because it's one of the seven deadly sins. <laughs> well, yeah, but I don't. But he, he wasn't committing it, as far as we know. Yeah, you know, we don't know. So yeah, plot hole. Yeah, that's whatever. That's okay. So he ends up leading them to this deserted area outside of town. Um, they're underneath all of these electrical uh, giant. What are those called? Um, oh, I can't remember what they're called. You know, they're everywhere know, in like, like Texas communication tower. I don't know what yeah. they are. They're basically like electricity wires and phone lines and stuff. Yeah. It's like a big field of them. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful scene in mm-hmm. terms of its cinematography and stuff. It's really really interesting. Yeah. And Kevin Spacey says, walk me out into this pasture. And, and Mills goes with them. And they start seeing this van speeding down the dirt road yeah. behind them. Yeah. Um, and Somerset notices this and says, stay here. I'm going to go see what it is. He goes over, holds the guy at gunpoint. Turns out he's a delivery man. Yes. And he says, this guy, Jonathan Doe, paid me $500 to bring this package. So I, ha- I just brought it. Yeah. And uh, Somerset's like, okay, open the trunk, pulls it out. It's a little box. 
um, takes the box, says, get out of here. The guy starts to run away. And and something we didn't mention is that uh, Dr. Uh, What's-His-Face from <laughs> yeah. Scrubs yeah. is... He's uh, a SWAT leader. He's a SWAT leader. Yeah, yeah. He's like, don't I keep take wa- the cross here off the red guy. I keep wanting to say Kelso, but it's not Kelso. It's um, Dr. Yeah. Cox. Dr. Cox. Dr. Cox. Yeah, Kelso's yeah. the older doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but he's great in this movie. He, yeah. he plays a great SWAT member. Yeah, he he's a cop in a lot of movies. <laughs> oh, is he really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, he's he'll always be Dr. Cox in my heart. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, so... He ends up letting the guy go, and then, even though the the portion leading up to this I thought wasn't great, this is where things start to really get intense, really great. Oh, uh, Morgan Freeman cuts open the box. He sees there's a little bit of blood as he's opening it, and he goes, mm-hmm. "That's that's blood." That's blood. And then he he <laughs> opens it, and he immediately gets sick. Yeah, and he like steps s- away and gets sees real... a great performance. Yeah, uh, looks away. He looks back at Mills. Looks back at the box. And he, he starts running to Mills and is like, put it, the gun down. You are freaking out at this point as a yeah. viewer because he's he's sprinting and he's yelling. And Brad Pitt's like, what? What are you talking about? if it's your first time seeing it, you still have no idea what's in the box. Well, you don't, but 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 they do reveal to it, reveal it to you immediately after he opens it because Kevin Spacey, right? He's real creepy. He's like, I'm glad we have time to talk. And yeah. Mills is like, shut up. And he says, you know, I uh, this morning I visited your your home. Basically, Brad Pitt's not listening to him. Yeah, and so he's like, "Ah, oh, I just envy your life, and I envy your pretty little wife." And Brad yeah. Pitt's like, "What?" Yeah, and he says, "This morning I visited your home. It's so creepy." He's like, "I tried to play husband, but mm-hmm. it just didn't work out." Yeah, and um, I took a souvenir and I took her pretty little head. Yeah, and Brad Pitt is so confused, and he thinks he's just kind of messing with him, and he's like, "Shut up!" And Morgan, What's Fre- in the box? Morgan Freeman is running. <laughs> It's so well done. It's yeah. so emotional. Freeman's running and screaming and saying, "Put the gun down." Put your gun down. You know, he he knows that what's going to happen. Yeah. And and Brad Pitt's like, "What are you talking about?" And uh, he looks at Kevin Spacey and he's like, "What the f is he talking about?" And Spacey goes, "I just told you." Yeah. And you're just like, "Oh god." Yeah. Kevin Spacey in this role. Is oh man, it's so creepy. Perfect. Yeah. And so you know, do he, not condone his personal life. No, we don't. But <laughs> Freeman gets back to the scene. He's holding his arms up and he's he's kind of reaching towards both and saying like, "Put Mills, put the gun down, put the gun down." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "What's in the box? What's in the box?" That's like where it comes from. <laughs> oh God! And uh, he he basically, you know, Freeman doesn't say that it's not his wife's head, and so he mm-hmm. realizes like that's it's true. Yeah, that Gwyneth Paltrow's head is in this box, and Kevin Spacey very evil uh, moment says that she begged for her life and she begged for the life of the baby yeah. inside of her, and then. What I also remember is the evil way he's like, oh, he didn't know. Yeah. And you just want to kill him. You want to, oh, you just, it's so well written. Yeah. Because Brad Pitt becomes wrath. That's the point. And Morgan Morgan Freeman's like, it's what he wants. Don't kill him. Don't touch him. It's what he wants you to do. Yeah, he wins if you kill him. He wins. And so, of course, you know, Pitt, like any other sane person, can't handle it and shoots him like seven times just yeah. pops him in the head and then keeps going and the the guys in the helicopter are super confused and they're like what's going on put us down put us somebody down somebody get somebody yeah 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 it's it's get somebody it's wonderful because it's so desperate it shows the human condition where like the the leader of the SWAT team's like somebody somebody call somebody they yeah. don't know what to do yeah it's awesome yeah and it's so heartbreaking and and what you see is kind of a a nice little bow of the whole movie is that Kevin Spacey says, I envied your life. Yes. So he's envy. He's envy. And then he says, become wrath. He become knows wrath, that Mills is going to kill him. Become wrath. So it completes the circle. I'm going to say that to you a lot. I'm going to become wrath, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I already am wrath. Uh, but that's why, yeah, it's such good writing. because And, and Spacey is so, so, so cocky, too. He says on the way, he says, what I've done is going to be studied mm-hmm. and, you know, followed forever. Yeah. And he also very creepily on the way to the scene, he's like, "You should be thanking me, David, because you're gonna be remembered. Forever. You're gonna be remembered. You'll be famous after this." Yeah. Ugh. Oh man. But uh, that's it. I think Mills is arrested. Not arrested, but he's detained. <laughs> yeah, we don't really know. And and I like that too. I like that they they end the movie there. I mean, it shows Brad Pitt being taken away in a car. The the chief says, "We'll take care of him." Yeah. And the last moment is this dark shot and Morgan Freeman's beautiful voice saying Ernest Hemingway once said the world is a fine place and worth fighting for mm-hmm. I agree with the second part yeah and it goes black yeah and that's the end Ooh. I think I know how you feel Gabe but tell me how you feel about Cezanne <laughs> Cezanne is uh, wonderful I um, 
this movie is really, really special. You have to watch it. Just watch it to see how good a movie can be that, that appeals to a lot of people. It's such a highly crafted, beautifully realized movie. The cinematography is gorgeous. The color is gorgeous. The acting is so on point. The city itself is this dreadful character. Um, they don't even, well, actually, I don't even know where it takes place. It doesn't tell you where it takes place. It's, there's a few hints that it could be, it's not New York. There's like it's a, like Chicago or something, maybe. It, it just doesn't say because yeah. they, they also leave the city and drive out and they're in like the desert yeah. at the end, you know, so it's that could be LA. But, uh, Stuckman, I remember he, he said he was like, that's one of the, the points is that this, it's just this like dark, evil yeah. place that everyone wants to get out of. And it's not even a real, anyway. Um, you should watch it. It's a, it's a, engaging movie it sticks with you don't watch it if you have a week you know if if violence and evil like murder and those things really bother you which they should but th this movie will really really get to you if, if those if you're sensitive to that so just be careful but man it's it's one of my favorite movies of all time mm -hmm. and you should absolutely watch it yeah i agree i think it's in conversation for uh, you know, you gotta say like top fifty at least, top hundred movies of all time. Like, yeah. And if you think about how many movies and how many great movies there are, that that that's quite the statement. It's perfectly written. Aside from that scene that I said I had troubles with, that's a little bit of a thematic vomit on you. Um, but I like I said, I feel like the script kind of leads to that, and in a way, it has its own merits. But Overall, the script as a whole is just fantastic. Performances, mm -hmm. top to bottom, even the smallest characters. That guy we talked about in the interrogation scene, um, the shop owner who made the device that killed uh, the girl yeah. that was lust. Like everyone is Everyone's fantastic and, and really real. Yeah, believable. Like I, that guy seems so real yeah. to me. Yeah, like he passed yeah. him on the street. Like yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but it's this movie is so deeply depraved and horrible in every like great way you could imagine like it, it captures that emotion it captures that feeling perfectly and i feel like one of the things that the film does the best is that there is some stuff that it doesn't show you and it doesn't need mm -hmm. to show you and it could have been the most horrific parts of the movie but they just know that like when you say don't think of a pink elephant yeah. your your mind is immediately going to go there we never see gwyneth paltrow's head in the box right but you imagine it because you're that's immediately where your mind is going to go and i think that's something that david fincher does really well in all of his movies it's the stuff that he doesn't show you yeah um zodiac is another movie that's a lot like this that's not quite as good but it's still pretty incredible um and the things that it doesn't show you and also the pacing of the script everything about this movie is great I think that pretty much everyone will enjoy it, even if you are sensitive to violence and and you know darkness. Um, you can always turn your head at those moments and you know like <laughs> yeah. plug your ears if you need to. But the rest yeah. of the movie is something that I think you should see, and I think everyone would like this movie. Yeah, I'm really surprised it didn't win more things. It won like MTV Movie Awards, but <laughs> I, which is weird. But like hottest star, yeah, Brad Pitt. No, really, but yeah. why did it not win? Um, I don't know what it was up against this this year. I mean, a lot. Yeah, I don't know. A lot of big, Toy Story. Toy Story. I don't know. <laughs> a lot of stuff. But um, I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. Question. Do you know the alternate ending for this movie? I don't. So on the uh, DVD that I used to own as a younger man, which I don't even know where it is anymore, there was a storyboard uh, included at the end. Like you could watch the alternate ending. And I'm glad they didn't go with it, although it's still a super cool ending. Mm -hmm. So... They had storyboarded and written out what's in the box, what's in the box, whatever. Don't kill him. It's what he wants. There, it's super tense, high high stakes scene, and Brad Pitt, as far as I remember, is about to shoot him, and then you hear a gunshot. Camera pans over, and it's Morgan Freeman. Oh. And Brad Pitt says to him, "What are you doing?" Yeah. And he says, "I'm retiring." Mm. And the movie's over there. So Morgan Freeman gives you know gives into his against his better judgment mm. because it it affects him so much that he kills him and he you know that connects to his desire to retire at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. So I think it it's better with Brad Pitt. It's 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 horrible and it's sad and 
epic, but that's still a cool ending. I mean, I'm glad they didn't go with it, but yeah. interesting to know I that they Morgan had that. I think Morgan Freeman should have killed Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> and Kevin Spacey would say, what are you doing? Yeah. And he'd say, I'm retiring. They let him go, and then he just walks away. <laughs> you thought you won. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out he's the killer the whole time. <laughs> that would be insane. That's um, M. Night Shyamalan. That would just right be there. stupid and pointless <laughs> and make M. no Night sense. M. Night Shyamalan, Glass, go see it. Please go see it. Oh man, and that's <laughs> wrong about Glass. Glass was pretty good. Oh, you saw it? I saw it with you. Oh, wait, you were there? Yeah. I think I blacked out. That's how bad you thought it was. Is that <laughs> I, I was I sitting next out. to you the whole time. It was trash. Yeah. All man. right, that's the end of our episode. Uh, if you want to talk to us, if you want to send us a message, you can find us at Rewind Cinema Pod on Twitter and Facebook, or you can reach us at Rewind Cinema Podcast at Gmail Yes. If you like the music today, you can find Natural Anthem at naturalanthem.net. We're part of the ACPN. Apparently, it's not acpn.net. I don't know. It's not. But uh, I think it's called <laughs> the Action Comedy Podcasting Network. So yeah, if, just look them up. You'll if you want to type all that in your Google machine, yep. go for it. Your Google word processing machine. Uh, Gabe, what are we talking about next week? Next week, we're going to go back to the jungle. I don't know why Welcome we left. To the jungle. Welcome. We're going to talk about Robin Williams' wonderful 1995 movie, Jumanji. We're going to punch some gators. <laughs> we are. We're going to talk about Jumanji. I love Jumanji. We're going to talk about some CGI monkeys. Yeah. They have weird cartoon faces. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time, watch more movies. What's in the box? Oh, God, no. No, no. Oh, what's in the box?